0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.
1: This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear.
0: Safety checklist is complete.
1: Disgust. Ew. Ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello.
0: Hi sinners, welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. As always, I am your host, Shane Told, and this podcast is all about me talking to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman, in this case, of a professional rock and roll band. Oh man. Uh, Yeah, so this is going up a little bit later than usual. I like to pride myself on not being late delivering these things to you uh, very often, but occasionally... Something happens and, uh, you know, there's been computer problems I've had before or, you know, some kind of problem with like finding an internet connection to upload the file, you know, something like that. But this one is all on me and uh, <laughs> I am very hungover uh, from my friend's Super Bowl party last night. And what a game that was, man. I, I don't have a lot of rooting interest um, either way. Either the Patriots or the Atlanta Falcons, but I uh, was kind of hoping for uh, for Brady and Belichick to to pull it off, and, and that'd be a cool story, I guess. I don't hate Tom Brady like so many people do, so that game was wild. And my friend Chris, he got a he got a keg of uh, Elysian space dust, which is a very uh, high alcohol beer, uh, especially if you're drink trying to drink it like at a Super Bowl party. I think it's like 8.2 percent. Great beer, super fresh. Uh, thank you, Chris, for the delicious beer. But um, the plan was, you know, oh, I'll watch the game and I'll go home and I'll record the intro to the podcast and uh, that'll be fine. I'll upload it. It'll be up like you know around midnight, one o'clock. Well, after seven or eight uh, pints of eight percent beer, I was in a way and. I actually posted on the um, Facebook group chat we have for the um, All Access Club, which I'm going to tell you all about in a few minutes. Uh, and I said, hey, I'm wasted. I don't know what to do. And they're like, do a drunk intro. But I sadly decided that was maybe not a good call. I did attempt it, and then I was just not even making any sense. And uh, So I bailed on that, um, but I know I did do a drunk uh, intro once before, so maybe we'll keep the drunk intros just to maybe once every year. Uh, if every other week I'm half in the bag doing these intros, I think that maybe I have to admit that I have a problem. So, anyway, so it's a little late, but thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it's a great episode this week. One of my favorites, uh, another female guest, which I always love, Sherry Dupree Bemis of Isley joins me. Uh, She's terrific. Uh, She actually did this from her car in her driveway to get away from her two toddlers, which is amazing. So she has been very, very busy with music, uh, with being a mother, and there's so much cool stuff we talk about, including her marriage to the very, very amazingly talented Max Bemis of Say Anything. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about the All Access Club, and we have just passed... Uh, The $2,000 a month threshold, which is actually super, super rad, that's what I've been looking to do for a while, and that money raised really does go a long way in helping the show keep going, and it's going to allow more and more things to happen. We're gonna be able to do a Lead Singer Syndrome tour at some point. We're gonna be able to bring in more and more guests, bigger guests. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be doing things like flying to festivals to talk to people. So, thank you to everybody that's joined the All Access Club because you really are helping this thing grow. Now, if you're wondering what it is, um, basically this show is free. It will always be free. Once a week, I will put out a podcast every Monday, and in this case, maybe Tuesday night. I don't know when this is coming out. Um, But it will always be free. However, for some people, one episode a week is just not enough. And... If you want more stuff, if you want bonus episodes with non-lead singers, if you want to hear more about me, hear about my story, I posted uh, one for the for the VIPs last week about uh, some of my musical upbringing, which uh, people said they really liked, so uh, that was fun. Uh, there's things like that going on. I do a monthly Q&A video where you can go on and ask me questions, and I'll play some tunes, um, and we also have Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise, which just came out... Uh, it's very cheap and the whole thing is it is just for the members and the people that really care So if you're willing to pony up a monthly fee, which is as little as six dollars a month You have access to all the lead singer syndrome merchandise um, And of course we're running contests all the time you get access to the Facebook group Which is so much fun shout out to everybody on there and there's other stuff like getting merch sent to you You know sign stuff uh, all this stuff. It's just it's just stuff how many times can I say stuff? Because there's a lot of stuff, and it's great stuff. So check it out. The URL is leadsingersyndrome.com slash access Go there. Just check it out. I'm not saying you have to sign up immediately. I just want you to go there and check it out and see if it's right for you. And thank you so much to everybody that has already signed up. Thanks again to everybody who listened last week as well. Great episode with Jack Grisham of TSOL. Um, I really enjoyed that interview. Um, like I like to remind you guys, we got like 60 something episodes. So go back. You don't have to listen to them in order. Just listen to whatever ones you, know, you think. There's some... But I will say, some of the ones, some of the people you maybe haven't heard of, some of those episodes are probably the best ones. So go back, check it out. As always, I love to hear your feedback. Please make sure you're following us on Twitter. It's at LeadsingerSyn, S-Y-N. Instagram, which is at LeadsingerSyndrome. I'm on Snapchat with the douchiest handle in the world. It is real Shane told. What am I, Donald Trump? This is awful. I probably have to change that. But I am on Snapchat. And of course, old fashioned email, lead singer syndrome at gmail.com. Feel free to get in touch. I love to hear from you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this. If anyone else is nursing a crazy hangover today, I feel your pain. Um, I got to say, man, the Monday after Super Bowl must be like the most taken off day of work because. You know, I used to feel like the Super Bowl was earlier, and it was like during the day, kinda. And then you know, you'd kind of get out of there, you know. And now these games, they just go on and on and on. I mean, I know it was overtime; they go on and on and on. I guess the commercials too. um, And it doesn't start till like what? It's like six thirty now. So I was pretty late, and I think that that's what I chalk it up to. Um, So again, my apologies for this being late, uh, but here it is, and it's a great one. With Sherry Dupree Bemis of Isley. Hey, um, (laughs) Sherry, it's uh, so good to have you on my show. Uh, You said you're getting into your car. Where are you going?
2: Oh, I just, I'm going to sit in my driveway. It's just the quietest place considering my two toddlers are inside right now.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. No, (laughs) I know, I know you've been, um, you've been very busy (laughs) with, I mean, not just music lately, but having... Two daughters, right, and they're what? Yeah, their birthdays are coming up uh, next month, both of them, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they're twenty-four and two.
0: Four and two. When yeah. are their birthdays? I have a February birthday myself.
2: Oh, really? What's yours?
0: Mine's the thirteenth.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, my first daughter Lucy hers is the eleventh, and then uh, the other one Coraline is the twenty-fifth. So they're literally two years and two weeks
0: apart that's funny yeah no we have this thing in in like my band and like our band and crew and all our friends the the week of mid-february like like right around valentine's day like Mm -hmm. all of our birthdays are so mine's the 13th our guitar player josh is the 10th our you know our other guitar tech who worked for us for years is like he's also the 10th
1: we have another february
0: 11th (laughs) so it's like birthday week so it's just whenever we're on the road or whatever it's always uh always a good time
2: you just got all got each other Valentine's and yeah. shared chocolates and sweet notes. But it makes you wonder, <laughs>
0: kind of like like I don't know if you believe in like horoscopes or
2: uh-huh.
0: you know any of that ast- astrological stuff. Um, yeah, because you know they do say that Aquarius has a certain personality, right? You know, and, and then you know when we take our band for example, it's like is it just coincidence that we have all these musicians and people <laughs> that love music all together right? that are all born the same I week?
2: Know. It's true. Like I mean, I don't like. Yeah, I don't really follow any of that stuff, but whenever people mention it to me, or like I'll post a picture of my daughter and say something about you know something she did, and they're always like, "Oh yeah, totally, it's because she's a, you know what the, da da da," and they'll name her sign, and and it's just like oh, I'm always like, "Whoa, that actually really really matches up with what you're saying."
0: Yeah, no, it's then, it is it is kind of crazy. No, well, that's <laughs> yeah. gonna be crazy. You know, you think about having birthdays like the same month, like with your kids, like maybe that's. A good thing you kind of like bang yeah, it out right? all at the same time or maybe it it's is kind
2: of nice i mean i don't know how long they're gonna let me make them share a party i mean probably <laughs> yeah. not i probably don't have many years to kind of just milk that but
1: no. hopefully
2: i mean they they're get along so good i'm hoping they'll just be best friends and i can do it till they're like you know just don't want parties anymore <laughs> it's so much easier
0: you never know man you never know <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling though like Like I picture, you know, I have a few kids that have daughters that are around like, uh, like nine or 10 now maybe. And it's, oh man, it's like, they have the full on, like the full blown, like princess parties. And like, it's, I think it's coming. So look out.
2: I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for big kids. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's been pretty
0: crazy. Like, I guess my for to start off ask you, actually asking you things. Um, mm-hmm. How has it been? Like the last, I guess now you know your daughter's turning four. How has it been balancing just that? You know, being a mom and also being a musician, still mm-hmm. putting out records, touring. How, how has that been for you? It's been
1: you know
2: just kind of learn as you go. I mean we. We never really had a plan, uh, you know, when my husband, my husband is in a band too. He's in a band called Same Thing, So they tour, you know, they tour tons too. Right, and sure. So I don't know. We just, we never were too stressed about it. We were like, you know, let's, we want to have kids. Let's start having kids. And, and we just always kind of figured that we would figure it out. And so far we've just kind of figured it out. I know it. I know I think you have to have a certain personality type to, even fathom the idea of touring in a band with children with children like when i actually talk about it and think about it, i'm like i sound and we sound like crazy people that we do this but i don't know i just we love what we do so much so we didn't ever want to stop doing it just and change you know everything about who we were and our passions and what we loved whenever we started having kids we just you know figured we would Make them a part of it, um yeah, which, yeah, and it's been amazing. the kids, you know, I don't know, you know when they get to a certain age, they might be like, you know i'm I'm tired of touring out want this life, and you know, and then we'll change our priorities and we'll we'll work around, you know, obviously all of that if it happens, but So far, they just love it. They love, you know, we're home for big chunks of time, but then because they go on the road and they're on this, you know, buses and bandwagons and seeing different cities, and we take them to parks and we do lots of fun stuff. So to them, it's like, you know, it's just what they know and they love it. So it's it's been, you know, it's definitely challenging. You know, it's not for the not for the faint of heart, but it's. It's fun, you know. I love it.
0: Well, it's funny how your your four year old's probably been to more places than most forty year old people. Oh, you know what I
2: mean oh my already. God. Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean she's been way more places than I had been at her age. You know, For by sure. By the time I was even thirteen, she's been more places than I was. So, anyway.
0: No, that's crazy. But it. just balancing that, I just I just imagine you know I know how it is. I, obviously, I'm a you know a full time touring guy as well. <laughs> yeah. So I know how much time there is in the day really. Just for me, just to like, you know, have my own personal time, you know, between, especially like if it's a headline tour and you've got sound check yeah. and you've got press and then, you know, you got maybe a meet and greet or like all these yeah. things you have to do. Just having that time. I mean, do you bring, you must bring some kind of a babysitter like along with you yeah, for when you're.
2: Yeah. Well, on the last tour, yeah, on the last few tours, I've always had at least like a sister or someone on tour with me who I could, you know, if I did have interviews or meet and greets and things like that, yeah. it just, you know, they would hang out with, with my sisters. But this will be the act- actually the first tour coming up that none of my sisters are, are actually touring with me. So, um, but it's going to work out where my husband is going to be off tour while we're on tour. So he's just going to come and kind of like, you know, if whenever I have meet and greets and VIP stuff, he'll just watch the girls and it's, it's cool. we can all be together and... You know his the daddy there, so
0: it's. He's it's, gonna come hang. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's if for, for Max. And I I know Max over the years. I've met him a few times and yeah. and, uh, and everything. Yeah, um, it must be weird for him. And I guess this hasn't happened yet. But I, I you know I could see it being weird, being like, okay, I'm gonna go on tour. And I'm not going to actually have to play music or worry about that. I'm just going to be yeah. hanging out. Like that must be kind of like rad. I, he, I'd yeah.
2: He loves it. He loves it. It was his idea. You know, I was yeah. going to hire someone to go with us. He was like, wait, no, what, what are we thinking? I will come. We can be together. And because we like the kind of family that we are, that's just, it's very important that we're together as much as possible. Like he hates staying home, you know, when we go off on the road and, you know, he just, he hates it. He wants to be around us and the girls. And so it, um, He's excited about it. We're actually going to be, he will have to do some music because we're going to be recording on the road uh, our, we have a band together called Perma, which has yeah, only yeah. put out one record. Yeah. So we're going to be doing that um, just kind of casually on the road recording it. So it, it should be interesting.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's just really cool. And, and it's it's such a different thing. You know, I talk to most people and most people either don't have children or, you know, they don't incorporate it you know, really into their touring life at all. But with you and Mm -hmm. your husband being so busy, that's just, um, that is super crazy. I mean, it's cool too. Like I, you know, obviously Isley, you've been around a long time. Um, I know all about Mm. your band and and all about the history of it. And, and, um, it's kind of cool now because it's almost like the, the family, the Dupree family is like growing, you know, with, with more girls. (laughs) Um, um, and, and that's another unique thing about you is just over, you know, your band's history you've had so much of it has been to do with family Mm -hmm. um you know and having sisters and cousins and and everybody involved Mm -hmm. and you know you just mentioned you know two years to start in the band anymore now now how has that been um changing members you know on the road and stuff for people that aren't like you know necessarily um Unconditionally loved like your family would be Like how has that <laughs> right. dynamic changed On the Like on the road
2: Yeah I mean honestly it's been Way less of a Of a, a thing than I thought it was going to be You know whenever you know my family Kind of started coming to to us And you know saying you know why, I, like I, I I hate to do this and I, I love Isley and I just can't you know Tour anymore I have, I have my family And my kids and I, you know I need a stay home, you know, because I have the lucky situation where my husband's in a band, so we can work it out to where we can, you know, he can come on the road with me, and he doesn't have, you know, have to stay here and Tyler, and you know, go to a, a, you know, a specific job, so it really works for us, so whenever, you know, everyone started coming, and I can't sing, I can't do this anymore, it was very, like, kind of devastating emotionally, just because I loved so much, you know, what we had, and so did everyone, but um, I never even had the thought that I wanted to stop doing it, you know? So I was just, right. they were, you know, everyone was very supportive. and They were like, you know, keep doing it. You can do it. just. And so I, it really took a lot of encouragement from them to to tell me, you can keep doing this. You know, you can do this without us. You know, it'll it'll be great. You don't have to stop. So once I kind of wrapped my mind around that, um, it, everything just started falling into place. You know, I had a lot sure. of help. And, um, you know, my cousin, Garen, who's been playing with us, you know, basically since the beginning, yeah, Um, is, you know, it's like my brother. So he wanted to just keep going for it. And he loves Isley. And, and then my other, his brother was playing drums for us, touring with us now. And so it's still very, it feels very much, you know, the same. You know, it feels like Isley. And the people that we bring on tour with us to fill in with, you know, keys and other guitar and stuff, they're, they've become like family. Because cool. we just have been so lucky to find this group of people who are just very warm, like beautiful people, and and it's they love the kids and they love the whole environment and they they really understand it and they get behind it. So it has been. I feel very lucky because you know I, it could have just, you know, disappeared and just crumbled, but you know we were able to you know sustain it. And I'm so happy and so you know I feel like more, more of a passionate about it than I have even felt in years because it's yeah. just been. Once you are faced with losing something that's so precious to you, you're like, oh, no, like, whoa. And you realize how much even more it means to you. And whenever you're given the chance to keep doing it, you know, you really, you don't take it for granted at all.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's, it's also interesting, too. I, I, this kind of just made me think of, of a, a conversation I had with, um, with Spencer from Under Oath. Mm-hmm. And, and he talked about how, you know, early on in the band, um, they felt like, you know, they were all, they were the same kind of guys. They grew up with, you know, um, conservative families in Florida. They went mm-hmm. on tour together. They were yeah. together all the time. And they, Spencer basically called it like, we were all kind of like the same dude. And then as we yeah. got older, we started sort of started to find our own identities. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess exactly. that, that must've been what happened with you and your, mm-hmm. and your sisters and your cousin, uh, uh, as well, you know, and your family members just like, mm-hmm. you're like, you wake up one day and, it's like, well, wait, I don't need to be the same as her. That right. doesn't mean I love her any less. It just means yeah. we, our paths are different.
2: It's so true. I think everyone just, you know, since we're our siblings, you know, which is like this crazy bond. And we grew up writing music together and we just basically learned how to do what we do together. So I yeah. think it was really hard for everyone to even understand why they were kind of feeling, you know, kind of feeling less. Less into it, even. I think they, there was a lot of guilt involved with the people who started having those feelings, and finally, you know, we all just talked about, it and we we're like, "Yeah, I think I just, it's really not my dream anymore." Sure. And it makes sense. Like, who would expect? You know, who would expect four or five kids to, to you know, have the same dream their whole life? That's not really reality. I mean, so. No. Um, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I'm I'm lucky in my band that I've we've had the same you know, well, four out of five members of the entire band yeah. because we all are on the Rare. same page. We all are basically mm-hmm. the same dude. So, hey, whatever.
1: But um, So <laughs> okay. let's talk
0: about how this this whole thing just started. Like, you know, you talk about growing up with your sisters and everything. Um, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the story and you've probably told it a million times, but I'm sure some of the listeners are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to just hear about what your upbringing was like, how you became is such a musical family and mm-hmm. and obviously your parents must have been like wicked supportive so yeah. <laughs> so you know uh, can we start there I'd love to hear kind of the story about about totally. just how you got involved loving music and then eventually playing music and playing music professionally it's really cool
2: yeah um it was very it was a very natural kind of slow progression I mean we um my family yeah we're very close grew up in kind of this small town kind of on the outskirts of a small town, so you know what, we, we didn't even live in town, and we were suburb homeschooled of too, a
1: so,
2: <laughs> yeah, and we're all homeschooled, so, you know, we had a lot of time just together as a family, and a lot of free time to um, kind of figure out what it was that made us tick, you know, personally, and, and what we loved, and our parents, um, I, they, you know, weren't like very, you know, super musical. My mom, they both sing, they're always singing with us, teaching us how to pick out harmonies, and and oh, okay. um, yeah. So there was there was some you know kind of casual coaching there, just for fun, you know, because they loved it. Um, my dad played drums and bands growing up in high school and stuff. Um,
0: oh, that sounds so pretty we, damn yeah. musical to me. <laughs> yeah. like oh, my parents were that musical. My dad played drums and <laughs> bands in high school. Like, Okay,
2: I guess, yeah, <laughs> I guess you're right. I just mean no one did it even on at all a professional right, scale right, like right. doing real performances. But um, so yeah, they just we had guitars around, we had instruments. Um, our dad you know, taught us to play a few chords and I just remember sitting there with my sister and um, with guitar and we kind of realized, well, like, we can write our own songs. Who, like, this is a thing. This is amazing. This is possible. It just had never occurred to us before. You know, we were like 12. So h- how
0: old are you? Oh, you say you're 12, yeah.
2: So we just kept playing together and writing songs and um, we would play in our coffee house, local coffee houses. Um, yeah. And uh, you know what? I we just, I don't know, we just would, we just started playing everywhere, playing in Dallas and the club scene there and just kind of gathered attention um, from people. And then we started having labels interested and doing showcases. And, you know, it it was very, you know, nothing ever we were pushing for. It wasn't like we were reaching out to labels and, and trying to to get signed, you know, even though back then that was like, well, getting signed was like a big sure. dream and you know nowadays it's it's less so um even necessary yeah. but yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah we just did it because we loved it and we would play music together and it was so much fun and our parents would drive us you know <laughs> to these clubs in our suburban, and they're suburban throw a little amp in the back of the right car. so
0: <laughs> i guess with all the all the uh siblings and everything you already had a big vehicle so that wasn't a problem
2: yeah yeah it was, <laughs> you know, it was easy we had great support of parents who would just you know we're, we're they love to help us and so um, you know from there I just kind of you know went and we got signed and then
0: yeah I want to talk about the signing thing because um, you know nowadays like you said signing doesn't work the same way and w- the first mm-hmm. label you were on was Warner Brothers is that
2: correct? yes
0: and so I mean that's a big thing like Warner Brothers yeah. you know you don't just like Wake up one day and hey, we're on Warner Brothers. So there must have been, <laughs> especially back in those days, there was mm-hmm. probably a lot of money involved. I mean, especially like oh, God, just, yeah. just compared to like what it is today, and, sure. and like, um, and there must have been like the A and R guys, like the, I just pictured like the, the yeah, douchiest yeah. guys flying oh, yeah. over and telling you what yeah. you want to hear and taking you out to like <laughs> the most expensive steakhouse. Is that is that how it works yes, for for
2: you? Ex- for you, that was exactly how it was, you know. And it was funny because, like I said, we were just these kind of homeschool. I mean, we didn't really not, not like homeschooling. is like, you're an idiot. I loved homeschooling. It was like made, it made it possible to do what we did, but just, you know, we had no real social, um, interactions beyond like our church and our family. So, you know, we had these people flying in and, and trying to wine and dine us. And it was, it was exciting, you know, but for us, it was very strange. And I think no one really knew, what they were, I mean, obviously no one knew what they were doing in, in our band. Um, luckily had, you know, parents who were looking out for us and thankfully, but, you know, so we did, we, um, actually the, the guys who managed Coldplay, um, at the time, I don't know if they still do, but they came to see us in Dallas and wanted to work with us. So then, you know, from there we got on the Coldplay tour, which was, you know, that was jumping up on, jumping up and down in our beds, you know, status. That's, that was amazing. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, the, the the label thing. I don't know. You know, it was right towards the end when labels were kind of kind of losing their grip, yeah. and everything was yeah. going under. And so we kind of got in there right before all that happened. And it was, you know, it was good. It, you know, it got, it helped us. It gave us a push. You know, and helped us kind of get our footing and 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 keep doing what we wanted to do and kind of build our our dream up. You know, but. Then it did crumble and it was very weird and devastating and confusing and you know, we were scrambling and you know, but everyone was at that
1: point. Well you know? the
0: the problem was that was not you or the band, it was the just the industry, you know. Yeah, the industry and, just fell apart. And and either you know, and with with your band, I mean Warner Brothers probably either needed you to be like the next Coldplay, I mean, at least success-wise, yeah, sure. yeah. or or it was just never never going to happen. So you, yeah. you know, the the deck was kind of stacked against you. Totally,
2: um, it, was, it was weird.
0: Abso- absolutely, um, absolutely. <laughs> do you have any funny stories about those guys coming out from from the record label? Like, I, I had oh, kind God, of a funny funny story that I'll yeah. share with you about one of my old bands, and maybe you'll think of I'll, something. I would I, love to. I, hear I was it. in this this like kind of alt rock, radio rock band, which I. Wasn't really my passion, uh, but I was sort of filling in on bass, and and mm-hmm. I was still I was in Silverstein at the time actually, but we were just yeah. a local band. And Atlantic Records wanted to sign us, mm. and they flew into Toronto and they took us to this steakhouse. And I'm well, I'm a vegetarian, yep. first of all, so but <laughs> well, no. well, the other guys in my band weren't, but but I and okay. they didn't know, so I was like, oh, whatever, it's okay. So I like came along, yeah. and I remember they brought out this like tray of meat, and they were holding. <laughs> the steaks up like they had them wrapped and they were like showing yeah. us the steaks like I don't know why someone wants to see a raw steak but hey whatever and they were like holding it like right beside my head and anyways the thing I remember most is the we were dressed like we were going to a nice place so I don't remember I was dressed like kind of nicer like I wasn't wearing like a ripped denim jacket with a back right. patch or anything you know exactly. so I was wearing like a nicer shirt and the uh a and guy like rolled in like he looked like borderline homeless like what he was wearing and he was wearing a baseball hat in like a really nice restaurant and apparently I guess the waiter came over and said um, excuse me sir um, there's been a request from another table for you to remove your uh, cap. Oh my God. and he goes um, you can uh, politely tell the um, person who requested it to fuck off and he refused to, to take his baseball oh, hat off. And I don't know. It was just like, it was one of those things where it was like.
2: You're like, what is happening? Where am I? When yeah, because I mean, I
0: hadn't dealt with any sort of rock star yeah. stuff at all. And I was like, okay, like, basically, you know, this is the lifestyle. You so just do whatever how, yeah, you want. How- and you just tell the world to fuck off. So I'm just like picturing that guy at your meeting when he's yeah, like mean, trying to sign you guys as like, we were probably like teenagers. Um, was, oh
2: yeah, there was definitely yeah, there was definitely a few steakhouses involved, similar scenarios. What is it with steakhouses? Why do they think they'll just want to go to steakhouses? How is that impressive?
1: Yeah, like, like let's just, take them to a yeah. steakhouse. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean they did early on, I mean that was one of the things, you know, the label. Um, they would try to get us I think they were hoping they're like, Oh, girls in a band, like you know, I think they were hoping we would be like a Hillary... Because they wanted us to tour with Hillary Duff. That was one of the bands. Oh. They were kind of trying to get us in that world. And we straight up said no. We were like, we want to be like, a, you know, a band band. We don't really like a... You know, at the time, it was like pop. They want us to be like a poppy girl thing, I think. That's probably what they saw when they, they came to see us. I'm like, oh, this is what I can make this. This will be money, money.
1: Yeah. But,
2: you know, we wanted to be like... You know, we wanted to be like musicians and, and, you know, have our career. And so, you know, it didn't they didn't like that. I think it was was a mistake from the get go. They just we weren't what the label needed us to be for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I kind of look at your career and, you know, you mentioned that you toured with Coldplay, which. Um, first of all, that must have been wild. Uh, were they like yeah. really like still like were this it like was it like an arena stadium tour when you did it? Was it that big yeah, at that point? Yeah, I
2: mean they did. You know they played Red Rocks and, and oh, cool. Massa Square Garden and so. Oh
0: my god, play you played Red Rocks on like one of your oh first tours.
2: Yes, it was. You talk crazy. about being spoiled and early. <laughs> I know. I mean, we were we were like kids in a candy store. They played sure. you know the Hollywood Bowl and it was oh, nuts. Man. It was very nuts. They were very sweet. At the time, you know, down to earth, very. It didn't feel. I mean, the venues were crazy, yes, but you know, and it's like, oh my God, there's Chris Martin, and you're such a fan, you know. So it was, it was a little trippy, but it was an amazing experience, you know. I, I would love to do it now again, but I'll probably never have the chance. But <laughs> it was fun. I, never I appreciate, know, but... I appreciate it. I, I went there, and it was really, you know, we never took it for granted, so. You know, I feel like I actually, when I was living it, I was appreciating it. So, at least I could say that.
0: Of course, yeah, of course. And, and But I guess my question um, related to that was, you know, you get on Warner Brothers Records, major label, mm-hmm. huge, and you have basically every opportunity, um, which... I think in some ways is a huge blessing for a new band, but in some ways it's kind of a curse because then they're like, well, you should work with this producer and you should work with these songwriters and you should get, and and then it's like, everybody's trying to push you their way that they think, because first of all, there's a lot invested. And second of Mm -hmm. all, uh, they just can, like they can. So why yeah, wouldn't you want control, the best? They own
2: you. Yeah. Right.
0: So, so <laughs> how was, how was that? Were they, were they really hands on with saying with like, yeah, like telling you what songs to write, telling you, um, what images, what image to have, especially being, I imagine like with, yeah. with women, it's more important kind of, yeah.
1: which I no, hate to say exhausting. that, but I think it's no, right. It's um, yeah,
2: it's true. So it I'm just wondering how that, exhausting. how that shook
0: out, how that was with, with Warner Brothers.
2: I mean, it was, it was just a weird, it was such a weird time. Like when I look back, I feel like it's such a blur and I can't even fully grasp what was happening in those years just because it was so, so many ups and downs and there was so much pressure and it was, it was just, it was not, it wasn't, you know, it should have, of course playing was fun. I mean, did all these tours and that was amazing. That's what we wanted to do, but all the surrounding stuff and the and you know, the the pushing with, you know, you, you know, you can't record that song, it's not radio friendly, or you, you hear these songs are fine, but we need two more radio songs and just the pressure to do that kind oh, of stuff. God, it,
1: yeah.
2: it, it's it's yuck, it's yuck. It's doesn't it's not conducive to, to being creative and, and you know, we're just not I don't know, we were never that kind of kind of band. We weren't ever gonna be. So, you know, I mean now Looking back, I, I feel proud of us because even though we were very really young, we, since we knew who we were and where we were coming from, and really had, you know, this family environment that really, you know, was just behind us. Um, and there, there, so there was no weird pressure from in, any of our family to do or to choose or to, to be anything other than what we were and what we knew we were. So, you know, we were very kind of from the beginning. Like, you know, no, we're not going to do this. and yeah. That's not who we are. That's not what we want. And, you know, within a reason, because like you said, they have, there's a lot invested in the label and they're trying to support you and, but they also have their own agenda. So it was, you know, it was stressful. And I, looking back, I, I, like I said, I feel proud of us, but I'm very, so much happier now. Oh my gosh. You know? And we were off of the, we were didn't have a label for a while um, after the Warner Brothers thing happened and kind of were just searching around just to have help, you know, from not a big label, just, you know, a label that would support us and help us and kind of meet goals and, and get out there, but not smother us and be yeah. weird. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so when we found Equal Vision, um, I just, I still feel so lucky that this, they're just, they are what we needed. They're, yeah, they're some of the they best Love people. the band. Yeah, they're amazing people. And they I feel like I talk us. about
0: Dan from Equal Vision like every week on the show. I don't know. Like his name <laughs> always Everyone comes up, yeah. and he's one of my favorite favorite people. Despite um, you know my band never actually being on Equal Vision, like right. he's still a guy that surround I talk to, and and he's still a good yeah. friend.
2: They just love. They love music, and they know yeah. everything about all their bands, and and they care so much. And, so I don't know, when, whenever this is just, it's the best environment, you know, at least for us, because we have the support we need, but we also have creative freedom. Oh my gosh, they just give us complete creative freedom and it's amazing, cool, No,
0: is, that's all I, mean, I could ask for. Right, that's, that's the thing, creative freedom is something like <laughs> I've taken for granted, because I've never had a label tell me, like, we just, we make the records and then we send them to the label and that's it. Yeah. There's no
1: yeah, that's changes, amazing. you know? That's <laughs> right.
0: Um, but, but... You know, looking back, you said looking back a few times, like looking back at your legacy, at your discography. Um, are there songs from those first... Did you do two records or three records with Warner Brothers?
2: Um, we did two... Well, yeah, we okay. did two. Call it we two. Did a third, yeah, we did thir- three, but they didn't... It was like, you know, our contract is up, so A Division right. ended up putting it's it up. It's not important. So yeah.
0: it, just yeah. when you look at those, like, let's say the first two records when they were really like hands on and telling you what to do do you look back at those records and be like oh man like like i wish they didn't force us to write this song or like change this lyric or like or do you still feel like you kind of made it work and now the songs are what they are or or are there kind of regrets where you're like man there was a version of that song like back in 2005 <laughs> that was like way better and like
2: way cooler right. i mean there's a mixture of all of the above i think um, i you know some of the songs we were basically untouched, and, and those I love, but there are, you know, maybe at least one per record yeah. where they were, you know, we were kind of forced to write something that was like catchy and radio friendly, right. quote unquote. Um, which those, you know, those are not my favorite songs, but is I. Is there one yeah, in particular you can't stand? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. One of the songs I don't really care for is My Lovely. I think it's on Combinations. Okay. But I, I, yeah, I never. I just, you know, I like the song. It's not like it's a bad song. It just, it was one of the ones where they were like, "Go write a radio song," and you know, it was funny. It never ended up on the radio, of course. But, well, of course not. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> of course not. They never do. But um, so when I hear the record, I always think of that. So I'm like, uh oh, I could. I wish I could have just written a song that was like actually from, you know, my gut, and, and instead of just thinking
0: about it so much when I wrote it. Sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So we got to take a quick break to hear from our awesome sponsor, Loot Crate. But we will be right back with more from me and
1: Sherry. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse.
0: so we are lucky on this podcast to have a really really cool sponsor that actually does something awesome. I'm glad I don't have to sell dishwasher detergent or, or anything like that. It really is awesome what Loot Crate is doing. I don't know why I said dishwasher detergent. That's random. I think because the Tide commercial <laughs> the Tide commercials were so good in the Super Bowl. There were some great ads. This ad will not be that good. But Thank you very much for for checking this out because Loot Crate is really, really throwing us a bone. And they can throw you a bone, too, because they have such a great service if you're into nerdy stuff like me, if you're a geek, if you like pop culture, if you like cult movies, if you like retro video games. uh, They have anime. uh, They have gaming stuff. They actually have gaming stuff like where you, you know for like new school gamers I'm an old school guy but they have new school gaming packages as well they have all these different crates and the best thing is they're less they're like less than 20 bucks a month you get 4 to 6 items and the stuff they send is really really cool. They've been sending it to me every month free of charge. Thank you Luke crate, that's very nice of you. But if they didn't or if they one day stop, I'm definitely signing up because it's just rad and I just love some of the like little things they send and you know, I got this this little Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like ceramic shot glass which I mean, I would definitely pay like 10 12 bucks just for that. Alone, And it just came, you know, along with like this actual kind of sick, like, pin, like enamel pin a t T-shirt, you know, all this stuff is always coming to me and it, they really, really do a good job. So if you're on a quest for epic gear, housewares and collectibles, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. Whether you're shopping for the geek in your life or you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can only get with loot crate. Treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. Oh yeah, okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. So here, here it is. This is what you want to hear. Roll up your sleeves and get ready to celebrate some of Pop Culture's most put together. See what they did there? Put together franchises. February's hands-on theme is build and features Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Never really got into the Power Rangers personally but we got oh batman obviously batman's awesome lego dimensions i love lego so much oh my god any anytime i have to buy a kid a present i buy him lego it's my favorite and the ultimate building video game tetris which i'm a huge dr mario guy tetris also awesome i guarantee you you could not beat me in either of those games and as always our monthly t-shirt and pin here's how loot crate works listen up this is important you have until February 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific, that's midnight Eastern, to subscribe and receive this month's crate. When that cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So you got to get there soon, before the 19th, or you're not going to get the sick Lego Batman, Power Rangers. I'm sure people like the Power Rangers. Not my thing. It's okay. And Tetris. To get that stuff, you got to be there by the 19th. So head over to LootCrate.com slash LeadSinger and enter the promo code LEADSINGER to save $3 off any new subscription today. Again, the link is LootCrate.com slash singer and enter promo code LEADSINGER. So um, you're married to Max Bemis of Say Anything, who, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he has such a reputation, um, uh, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, He has this sort of, it's like if you asked somebody like a fan of his or somebody in the scene or whatever, not somebody like immersed in it, oh, what do you think about Max Bemis? People are like, well, he's kind of crazy, he takes medication, (laughs) he, you know, like he's this kind of tortured like genius but he's this amazing songwriter and you know what i mean and there's like all these different sort of things that different brushes you can paint this guy with but Mm -hmm. like tell me what it really is like like what he's really like to you and and how it's been obviously like meeting him what your thoughts were when you met him and and how it's kind of how he really is now
2: well, definitely, like all the things you said, I would s- not say aren't true about him. <laughs> you know, I would use, I myself would use all those words to describe him. But he, I mean, I don't know. We, we started talking. i had been through a divorce, which was like just so shitty. My life was torn apart, and so I was, you know, kind of at this mindset where of just going, I don't want to talk to any, like I don't want to meet a guy. I don't want to talk to a guy for for. However long it takes, if it's yeah. a year, two years, whatever, I don't care. I was just done. I was so done. And then he, out of the blue, emailed me to ask me to sing on um, this project with Chris Conley that he was doing called Two Tongues. Sure. And you know, I was a fan of I was a fan of both their bands. I didn't you know know much about them or I didn't know anything about him, but um, it was just I'm not even kidding. This sounds like a fairy tale. Fucked up, stupid thing I'm saying. But whenever (laughs) I got his first email, I was just like, I just felt so. There was like this weird. I was like, oh shit, like there's some kind of weird connection. I had, you know, really just through
0: just from an email.
2: Yeah, it was so weird. I'm telling you, I just think some things are meant to be for sure. So you know, I started emailing back, and I did this project and we just started talking, you know, emailing, then talking online, then texting. It was very like a gradual process, but I'm like that first week it was like the first week or two that we had been talking, i was like, I'm gonna marry this guy. Wow. I just knew. It was weird. And I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not that kind of person who just thinks that kind of thing. You know, I'm not like I don't have like every day so cool. but I'm not yeah. So
0: it must be weird, though, like re- being being um like a professional, you know, musician, and you're taking your job seriously, and somebody from another band like emails you to to you know to go and do a job. It must was it weird transitioning <laughs> from like okay, I'm like this is like a, a work thing to yeah. like oh shit, we're texting and it's like getting personal. <laughs> like how was that transition?
2: It was very chill. I mean, um, he. He just, you know, it was just a vocal that they wanted me to sing on this song. So, you know, it was. And also he, I mean, to rat him out a little bit. he Nice. Knew. I like this. Yeah, rat him yeah, out. Yeah, I'll rat him out. i he had actually had a crush on me for a while, apparently. Oh, which, you know, I yeah. didn't know this. I'd never talked to him before. I'd never met him or talked to him. I didn't know this. But so he, you know, obviously through mutual friends, knew that I had been divorced like a while, you know, a while back, a few months prior. And so he was kind of like you know putting out the, he was kind of putting out the bait. It worked. It worked. You know, eight years later, kids. So
0: right. That's um, that's a cool no, he's, story.
2: He's amazing. He's like you know he is, he is just crazy creative. His brain, I don't understand it. He he can do all these. I don't know. I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that he is, just he has this bipolar. But it like. He's very good about, you know, he takes his medication, and he gets his sleep, and he's very diligent about making sure he's healthy, you know, for us, and it's amazing. Um, So he's he's great. He's like the perfect man, and he's just, you know, he takes care of us, and he loves us, and he's always there for us. And I just can't, there's not enough good words to say about him, but he's just so creative, and there's nothing that he can't accomplish if he thinks that I want to accomplish this. Which is very encouraging, inspiring for me right. and artist to be around because sure. I've I've learned a lot. I'm like whoa, you know, like just if you think of these things you want to do, you just you make them happen. You do, them. do like, it. Yeah. not nothing's impossible. And, and right. he's that kind of person. So it's it's really cool to be around, you know. Um
0: anyway, so yeah. No, no. We'll that, love him. <laughs> that is uh that is really really cool. And um yeah. I know like, like obviously yeah, there's there's been a lot of talk about your previous marriage and I don't want to harp on it cuz it's so long ago, but I did oh, read it's okay. I it's did read do you say
1: yeah. Well, I did
0: read you say something like like I was married. Yeah, I was married to to him uh Chad Gilbert from newfound glory I was married to him for 5 minutes. It's like I <laughs> believe what you said in something I wrote, which I was kind of like <laughs>
1: It's yeah. I thought that
0: was kind of like a cute way of being like downplaying it but also you know um, yeah, you know no, I mean, it kind was of showing crazy. that you're you've gone yeah. past it yeah
2: right and, and I did and ever you know there's no it's not like there's any bad blood or anything you know i I haven't seen them since we were divorced but I mean i I it was you know it was like I don't know it was just a weird thing you know we fell into this relationship and before I knew it even knew it we were like engaged and he was building a, we were building a house in Tyler and and it was just so fast and I don't know and then before I knew it it had only been like nine months and he was like I want a divorce and so I was like "Whoa!" like you know I was 20 something I was like 21 maybe I don't know I was a kid I was a baby yes. and it was just it just my world was rocked but you know I had like I said I had an amazing family and amazing friends and and I don't know. I was really able to turn it around and turn it into something, you know, I poured all my energy into photography and art and drawing. And, and it was actually like this super beautiful time for me after it happened. And it was yeah. devastating as hell. Right, I mean, right. No one gets through that without any scars, but it was, you know, it was a very important part of my life. And I appreciate, you know, I appreciate it. You know, it, it, it was necessary, I think, for it to kind of make me who I am today, you know, whatever. It's just life. Life is shitty, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, life, life can be, can be shitty, but it's proof that sometimes you need to, you need to really, um, you know, sink down pretty low to be able to pull yourself up even higher than you were, you know? So you
2: have to have those, you have to have those shitty dark moments, you know, in your life sometimes. And it's very key to, to, really appreciating what you have absolutely
0: you write songs um i know you have the project with max like perma um Mm -hmm. how is it working with max like not on the husband level but like on the music level like writing songs with him because i imagine i mean he's a well the thing is there's two things first of all Mm -hmm. i've always he's always struck me as a guy that kind of works on his own like typically Mm -hmm. like you know all those say anything songs that he wrote over the years it seems like he kind of did it himself, and I know he played all the mm-hmm. guitars yeah. on them and everything. Um, but how is it collaborating with him, and, and it, 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 like just from a songwriter's perspective?
2: It's it's really easy. I mean, he does like work very well alone, and he and he he'll you know he'll think, oh my gosh, like I have this song idea, and he'll go and write like five songs in a day, and I just don't understand how he does it. But he's very easy to work with because he just he's very open, and he loves ideas and well you know he's not one of those people who's like no I have this idea this is what we're doing you know he's very you know just open to anything so it's very actually easy to work with him and to collaborate with him because he just had he has so many ideas himself and he he just you know and he's obviously he's like a big fan of of my songwriting and and what I do so you know he I've never had him even say, mm-hmm, I don't not feel that or I don't like that. <laughs> Which is, you know, I, I would hope that he's not just being nice because I don't <laughs> think he is because he wouldn't put out anything that he doesn't stand behind on. Sure. Like he's not that kind of person. So right. it's actually very easy to work with him. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think he's actually going to probably use, um we just worked with Will Yip on this last record and he yeah. loves Will. So he's wanting to have Will work on, do their next record, which would be really cool. Cause I'm excited about that.
0: No, no, that's, that's really cool. Was it, um, was it hard to get Max to move from Los Angeles to uh, Tyler, Texas or wherever? you? Oh my out?
2: gosh. No, he was stoked? I just, I cause that's a big change. Him, <laughs> it is. It's huge, but he didn't care. Whenever I we first started talking, that was one of the things I kind of up front, I was like, Hey, like I see that we're kind of, we have a thing that's happening. I just want you to know I can't move away from Texas. I want to be here. My family's here. Like, so if you want to actually date me and be serious, like, I'm not messing around. Like, you will have to move here. And he's like, <laughs> literally, I'm not kidding. Like, a few weeks later, he was here in Tyler. So,
1: wow. The man, the man
2: knew what he wanted. <laughs> he Damn, got rid of hey, good. So it was easy. He loves me here. It's, it's, Go, we Max. Great yeah. little, we have this great little community. And so, you know, we travel so much sure that when we come home and we have this beautiful safe little havens quiet little town and my you know my kids grandparents are here and it's just fun and I love it
0: that's true yeah yeah like I'm I'm a, you know, I live in downtown Toronto for years and years and and it's like mm-hmm. yeah I'm like always in a city like I'm on tour I'm in a city I'm home I'm in a city <laughs> yeah like I never get that to experience that like oh yeah I could just be like chill and I don't have to hear yeah, traffic noise and
1: yeah yeah
0: no absolutely
2: it's, I think it's a it's a good it's it's a good for us we like it so no, that
0: that is rad and and if you want to ask Max if he wants to uh to do my podcast sometime that would be cool too
2: oh my gosh he would love to no I think, I think a long time ago he was so he was like oh yeah totally he was like that guy's great
0: I, yeah it's been a long time since I talked to Max and I think I was gonna do I think I was gonna do one a while ago with both Max and Chris when they were going to do the Two Tongues.
1: Oh, when yeah. When it was
0: like they were like working on it and, and I think I was talking to Equal Vision about it at the time, but yeah. I'm sure it'll happen.
2: Oh, so my gosh. Yeah, I, that was a crazy... When those two guys were here working... Because we have a studio in our... I was going to ask
0: you, yeah. Town. I was like, I was like, what's the guitar uh, collection look like in the Dupree Bemis home?
2: <laughs> oh. You know what is funny? Max and I are not like gear nerds at all, so we have guitars, but, you know, we're not... Like we don't know much about guitar. It's funny. Like that we're is funny. Before, we, it is. It's like very kind of kind of lame. But we're just not. You know, we love to write and we know what sounds that we like. But we're not the kind of people who are like know what gear to even to use to get those sounds. Like it's so. Sad. I'm like, shocked. I think so Max much. would
0: be like all of like a huge pedal guy or like something not, like
2: that. He's not, He knows what how to get the sounds that he wants because he's like this weird creative genius. But I mean, otherwise, we're not, like, guitar nerds, you know? Huh. I mean, I love, I I have my Rickenbacker that I bought, you know, whenever we got signed to Warner Brothers, and it's still my favorite guitar, this one I still play, like, every cool. tour. So, um, yeah, but anyway, I, yeah, we don't, it's, it's kind of, it's pretty pathetic, actually. I rely on my base, my bassist, Garen, my cousin, because he is a tool. He's a total gear nerd, so he knows everything. Yeah,
0: there you go, there you go. No, I find I find, and I'm not going to generalize because someone will will you know rip me apart for this, but I do find <laughs> that the best players and the best songwriters are typically not the gear nerds. The gear nerds are typically the people that aren't that good at playing or writing, yeah. so they have to have something <laughs> to uh, you know to know about oh, that's, that's easy to know yeah. about because it's much easier to read about guitar pedals and fuck around with sounds than it is to uh, to actually write and and play good but hey i there guess you go. So. i don't know i'm that gonna get some is, heat for that
2: yeah no i don't know that stuff is rocket science
1: to me like
2: I oh, don't know. okay I, I yeah can't. it's different I, I mean the gear stuff i can't i don't know i'm not we are the guitar the girl who played has been playing guitar with us l um she's amazing she she's plays in this band called poema and yeah she her, with her sister, and she is like she's one of those people though she can sing amazing she can write songs And she just knows her shit with gear. She's, like, can play. She's a killer player. So it's just, you know, she's just, I don't know. Just just makes you
0: want to quit music. That's what I, I whenever people like that, I'm like, oh, God.
2: Like, why am I (laughs) the the front person for a band? I can't even turn my amp on.
0: Well, that's a bit of a new thing, like, taking over all the lead vocal uh, duties, right? And new, the new IC record, I'm Only Dreaming, which comes out February 17th on Equal Vision Records. (laughs) Um, You are... Uh, the prominent vocalist, like on the entire yeah. thing, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, we—it's true. I I had to take on the, the extra duties, but um, so it was challenging. But it's it's worked out, you know. We we live, you know. It's I don't. We're still trying to figure out how to make it all work live, but I think we've pulled it off so far. So it's been, you know, like I said, it's it's challenging for me because I'm so used to having, you know, bouncing off a vocal to someone else or passing it off or, or, you know, it's a very weird place to be in just, like, all of a sudden. But, you know, I, and it's fun. It's fun as hell. I don't mind it. It's just, you know, a learning curve.
0: And more pressure on you, I guess.
2: More pressure, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, is it is it hard live when you've played some of those songs, like, so many times, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have to sing, like, all these other parts? Is that yeah. weird?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just exhausting. I'm like, well, uh-huh. oh, I've never... And I never fully appreciated someone who carried all the vocals before until now. You know? Right.
0: There you go. Well, this is yeah. the Late Singer Syndrome podcast. So <laughs> yeah. we typically do talk about how, how hard our lives are and, uh, yeah, how difficult we have it.
2: <laughs> right. You know, poor us.
0: Poor us. Oh, man. It's just <laughs> so hard. Um, so, yeah. you say so you work with Will Yip. Um mm-hmm. and did you have did your sister sisters collaborate on the record at all or were they like basically, no, we're out of the band, we're like we're not even or did you kinda still run some ideas past No. The line? Like how did it work?
2: No, it was they had all moved uh to Nashville and were not involved at all. So it was really just me and um Garen who yeah. uh you know, like I said yep, and, of course, and yeah. he actually helped a lot, um, the you know, the singles that we have out now. Um other than there's one louder than a lion. I wrote that one by myself, but the other two singles he co-wrote with me, Yeah. just the music, he would send me music and he'd be like, I love this music. Can you write over it? And, um, so that, that was really cool and really helpful. And, you know, he's a great songwriter. So, but otherwise, you know, I just kind of had to put, get myself in the mindset of just the fact that I had to do the whole project. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, with a lot of self doubt, you know, as a, You know, lead singer trying to have now having to write out the songs. I'm like, oh my god, like people are like all our fans who have loved us for what we have been are now like it's all hinging on me, like to carry, you know, carry this torch. And I was excited about it, but oh my god, can I do this kind of thing? And so it was scary, but you know, with Will and Garen, they're great. Working with Will is amazing, he's so good at what he does. Nice. Um, Great. So yeah, oh my gosh, I want to do the next record with him. That guy's so sick. But awesome. um,
0: well, it's great you're already talking about the next record. I, I love. Yeah, that.
2: oh gosh, um, for sure. You, you know, <laughs> I,
0: I listened to. I guess yeah, the two. You have two songs out from the from the new record that comes out in February, right? We
2: have three now. Three. But, okay, yeah. I only heard two yeah. of
0: them, but the, okay. uh, the the what struck me about the songs right away is the I, I hate. Using the word mature, like I hate using that word and I hate hearing that word even more than I hate using it But I'm gonna tell you why I really felt like it was mature Mm -hmm. Because the I felt like the songwriting and and some of the chord progressions and, And then melodies you were using over The chord progressions were actually quite complex and, cool. I, and I don't know if that's something that you... I know you said that Garen wrote some of the music, but I just kind of wonder if that's something that you tried to expand on, tried to be a little more out there with some of the arrangements and and, and chord progressions, or if that's just something that's kind of come naturally.
2: Um. Yeah, I don't... Like, honestly, I don't know... This <laughs> is sound dumb, but I don't know how I write songs. Like, when I look back after I write this song... I just, I'm going like, whoa, how, how did I even do that? I don't, I don't know. It's like the songs that are come out of me that I, that I believe are great songs are the ones that I tried the least hard at. And that
1: just,
2: <laughs> you know, that I just yeah. kind of like didn't think about in my brain, just kind of let it happen. Um, and I'm not one of those people who writes constantly either. I know some people are. Max is a songwriter who, who he writes constantly. He's always writing songs and, I don't, I'm not like that. You know, if I know we have a project and you know, we'll have to work on the next record, I'll like hunker down and I'll just go in a closet and and write, you know, and really try to get lost in the songwriting. But yeah. otherwise, I'm not just, you know, I don't write a lot of songs. It's not, so the ones that we have on the record, um, it was, that was almost all that I even had written. There was a few more that, you know, we kind of, you know, we could toss around, but, um, you know, Will and Garen, we went through and just kind of picked, you know, the best ones. And I, I don't know. I think, I think Will is super, he was super helpful. I mean, definitely a lot of the kind of the arrangement stuff with the songs, um, which probably sounds like kind of next level for Isley was Will's ear, like okay. kind of shifting because he's, you know, and I learned a lot from him. It was really cool to work with someone who wasn't, you know, we've self-produced the last one. And then before that, we just had all these kind of random big producers at the labels would throw at us. So having someone who was like a peer who was like just super talented, you know, kind of like put some fresh perspective on it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I will see if I actually can do it again, you know, after on the next record, Oh, but, well, you're um, going to get better
0: at it. You know? <laughs> I also, that's, that's, that's all I want. That's how these things are supposed to work anyways. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just want to get better and better, you know, the songwriting. and i just, you know, I want to go to shows and have kids sing these songs, you know, back and see it, you know, in their faces that it's done something for them, it's touched their lives or it's going to help them. And that's what else. I mean, of course, like, yeah, part of being in a band is just like you're doing it because you just love singing and playing and you just get off to that. But, yeah. you know, the other big part is just it does help. It does help these people. Like it, they, they do. You They tell you and they, you talk to them, you connect with them and they're like this got me through this hard time in my life or or I didn't commit suicide because your song came on the radio. Whatever, stuff like that. But it's for real and it's crazy. But it's... So things like that, you're just like, whoa, shit, like this is... I mean, I love doing this and it actually is doing something productive in life, you know, it's not just for me, so.
0: Absolutely, it's, and yeah. and I can definitely, definitely relate to that as yeah. well, you know, um, yeah, man, I, I just can't imagine, like, I'm, I'm, we're in the middle of, like, you know, we're starting to record, like, next month or whatever, and, and I'm sitting here, oh, cool. like, I'm having trouble, like, you know, balancing my time I just can't imagine you saying oh I'm in my closet writing songs meanwhile (laughs) your two girls are like running around the kitchen and like maybe your husband's on tour I don't know like that I just can't like I have so much respect for you being able to do that and that is that is incredible so the new Isley record February 17th -hmm. check it out everybody (laughs) thank you I do love the thing you said about how the songs you think are the best songs are the ones that, that came easier to you. And yeah. I, I think that's so funny. And it rem- reminds me of, um, I was reading an interview a long time ago when I was a kid with um, Billy Corgan of Smashing mm. Pumpkins when he said, he was talking about the song Today. And he's like, oh, he's yeah. like, I pour like my heart and soul into all this and all anybody wants to talk to me about <laughs> is the song that I wrote in five minutes. You know? Yes. And I think
2: I've heard that before. I mean, hey, buddy, it's a great song. Sorry, it's a
0: great, yeah, it's a great song, and it's like almost speaks to like, hey, maybe we need to dumb it down, and like, why yeah. are we using all these chords? But then I hear, you know, the Isley song, like the first one you have on your website or whatever, like, you know, that's embedded in there, and I'm just like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, this is like has this wall of sound, and it has this, Ooh. this, this. There's so much going on, and and it's you know so interesting. So mm-hmm. I think it's good to to have have that combination
2: thank you yeah I just you know I just I just do what every everyone hopefully is doing and just writing what you want to hear and what you love you know I I never really try for a certain style or or anything other than I want to I'm always just thinking do I want to hear this melody over and over again is this is this melody unique enough does someone actually going to want to like sing this you know I so it's I'm always I'm just a big melody that's my thing is melodies. melody and yeah. if I if I feel like a melody like to me the music is way less important even the lyrics are not as important if if there's no melody there to like catch your ear and and get you like do something to you then then no one's gonna want to listen to the lyrics so um, when you're working I, I on a melody
0: When you're working on a melody, um, you know, you're a guitar player, obviously, and you're probably when you're writing, you're sitting with a guitar or whatever. Mm -hmm. Are you just kind of humming along like with chords and then figuring out a melody that way? Or do you like record a guitar part and like try to put a melody over with an instrument? Or how how do you Um, how do you actually do that?
1: Usually
2: I just kind of, you know, mess around with my guitar or, you know, sometimes I'll even just like put on a drum loop and, and sing to that um, just having a beat i always need a rhythm something yeah. you know something there to like anchor it and then um, i go from there and something i found that really helps whenever i am trying to come up with lyrics is i don't know like whenever you're messing with a melody and you catch on to something that you really love just like making different sounds phonetically that sound pleasing and oh, that yeah. really helps me yeah cuz then you're like wait a minute that i want to make that phonetic sound with that melody part so it really helps knock lyrics out of my head um so it's yeah yeah (laughs) that's funny i probably look like a total idiot if someone saw me writing a song they would just be like what this girl is like on drugs with. Oh, I have some stuff? like
0: I have some like <laughs> hilarious voice notes I've made like on you know just on my phone where I'm just like oh, humming yes. saying lyrics that don't make sense while playing guitar like yes. some of them when I was younger like my mom's in the kitchen like being
2: like Shay it's time for dinner uh-huh.
0: and I'm like <laughs> singing some song like it's you know absolutely oh, ridiculous but yeah and no that's... one
2: wants to hear my my if anyone just got into my phone and got my voice notes I would just I would be ruined. I just don't want to hear that
1: stuff
0: I know Some of the notes I make to myself Like I'm like Oh it's in this key It's in this tuning Like <laughs> Yeah And then <laughs> you go back And you're like Wait a minute What?
2: I can't even remember What that was at all
0: I know That's, that's it's funny me, Well my favorite too Is And I, I want to know If this happens to you I'll like come out With come up with a riff or an idea Or something And I'll be like Oh this is so awesome And I'll like record it So I won't forget it Then uh-huh. like a week A month later I'll listen back And I'll be like That's a total shit idea Like what was yeah. I thinking <laughs> Oh yeah.
2: Of course. No, there's like, that's what I'm saying. I have the worst, the absolute worst things and voice memo. Where I'm like, I was like, you know, I would wake up because I was like dreaming a melody and I wake up and you hear me like kind of mumbling something in my phone. And then later, what was I thinking? That sounded good in my dream. But in reality, <laughs> that's
1: not a good song. But
2: I actually have had some really good like melodies and, and stuff that I've, I've, you know, that come when you're sleeping and your brain is just kind of untethered. And, and, you know, if, if I'm lucky, I can get it down. But, um, I always love when that happens. It's really fun.
0: That's cool. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen to me. I, I wish it did. Maybe I have to uh. take some weird sleeping medication. Yeah. Could I help me out. Yeah. Always how. resort to drugs <laughs> is what we're trying to say. <laughs>
1: yeah. Listen
0: to that kids. Um, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I know you're heading out on tour, a headlining tour. Uh, when does that start, and, and uh, who who are out with you guys?
2: We are going out, um, it's in February, it's February and March, and it's around the time that the record comes out. Um, I think maybe the 15th we head out, but um, it's with a band called Civilian and a band called Backwards Dancer, who are also um, just, oh gosh, just, uh, I'm big fans of both cool. the Cool, so, that's the um, best. Yeah, it be really fun, yeah.
0: That's great, that's great. And, yeah. and um, you're planning on on bringing, bringing the kids along again, or what's the plan? Oh yeah.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah they're but coming kids are, yeah kids are coming max is gonna be there watching them and you know doing daddy duty <laughs> <laughs> well i'm being a rock star you know?
0: there you go being a rock star <laughs> well i love it so much uh, thank you for taking the time i know you're busy in your car in the peace and quiet maybe it's good for you maybe it's a nice little break no,
1: this has
2: been awesome yeah i've got my there's a no around. Driving Max crazy, I'm sure. They're no, they're. I'm kidding. They're so chill. i got so lucky so far with our kids. Like, you know, um, knock on wood. They're they're just the chillest, most fun kids to be around. So you know, they're easy on us.
0: Perfect. Well, that's well, yeah. that's great. And thanks again for doing this. And uh, and say hi yeah. to Max for me.
2: I will. Thank you so much.
0: All right. You have a great day, Sherry. Thank you.
2: <laughs> you too. Thank you.
0: So there it is. My conversation with Sherry Dupree. Bemis of Isley, uh, such a great chat. I really enjoyed it, especially some of the stuff they're talking at the end about songwriting and all the different techniques. And it must be crazy to be married to such a, you know, genius songwriter and be a songwriter yourself and have that, that kind of connection over music. And, and, um, it really, really is a cool thing. Next week, we will be back this time on Monday. I, I, mostly promise. (laughs) And if you like the show, please go on iTunes, please write a review. But the best thing you can do to help the show, other than joining the All Access Club, of course, is just to tell a friend. Tell a friend, tell a couple friends, you know, tell uh, whoever in your life thinks would care about hearing conversations between two lead singers. I'm having a great time with the show. I hope you are too. And I just want to spread the word and make this thing as grand as it can be. Grand is an underused word, I think. I like that word, grand. Anyways, hey, thanks again. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Monday, presumably. As always, I will leave you with a tune. Isley, their brand new record, I'm Only Dreaming, comes out February 17th, I think. Yes, I think that's what we said. Here is one of their new singles. It's called You Are Mine on Lead Singer Syndrome. love Now this episode's over, um, you know what, if you're pissed about the fact that this episode wasn't up on Monday morning, first thing, bright and early, you know what, I don't care. You know what, you can shut up, but, or you can not shut up and you can call the lead singer syndrome hate line at 657 hate Again, that's six five seven six 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 hate Leave me a message and uh, yeah, you suck, guy. Bye.